Your Sexual Self Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Main, awesome wife and dog mom for life. I'm a sex therapist turned sex coach, and I run a successful business selling relationship enhancement products. I absolutely love talking about all things sex. So you can expect this podcast to explore all things related to women's sexual health because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you discover and embrace what brings you pleasure so that you can own your sexual self. If that sounds good to you, then keep listening and let's fucking do this. All right, y'all. It's that time of year. You know, that time of year that we as women always dread. It's gynecologist time. I know, whenever I get that postcard in the mail, I'm like, oh, my poor vagina has to be violated again. If you're like me, going to the gynecologist is something that you dread. And that's for so many reasons, right? Uh, And I will say, you know, in true Rachel fashion, I try to think outside the box and think, how can I make this experience more enjoyable? How can I bring the positive out of this experience, if you will? (laughs) You're probably thinking like, Rachel, fucking suck it up. Just go to the gynecologist, get it over with, and, and you're good. And others of you are listening thinking, hmm, I haven't been to the gynecologist in years, or I've never been to the gynecologist. So I will walk you through the life of Rachel Maine once again. When I was 14 years old, told my mom that I was having sex, I was deciding to have sex. I already knew when I was going to be losing my virginity or when I planned on losing my virginity. And I told my mom and of course, um, well not of course, her reaction was very calm, cool, and collective. She was very happy that I came to her and talked to her about it. And that was when I got the, well, you know, to make sure to use condoms sort of talk and then asked if I wanted to get on birth control. And so my answer was yes. Um, I had friends that were already having sex. Uh, You know, my friends that were older than me actually were already having sex. So I had heard about sex. And um, obviously, as you know from the previous episode, I'd been masturbating. So I already knew what pleasure was feeling like. And I knew that I wanted to experience more of that in my life. Um, And again, this is coming from right now I'm 32-year-old Rachel telling you this story, but, you know, in 14-year-old Rachel's eyes, I'm sure the conversation looked much different. I don't remember it too much. I I do remember that it was happening when we were driving in the car. Um, If you listen to the very first episode, you know that my parents were divorced when I was two, and I saw my mom um, on the weekends, and so she lived about 30 to 45 minutes away from where my dad lived, and oftentimes these conversations I feel like I would always like blindside her on our either drive to her house or sometimes I would wait the whole weekend I would muster up the courage and then have these you know intense conversations with her on the way home (laughs) and so anyways that's that's what I remember I remember being in the car and telling her that I was planning to have sex I wanted to have sex and uh then getting on birth control and so when you go to get on birth control um you have well I shouldn't say have to because I've been having recent conversations with um, somebody in my life that's making the decision to get on birth control and uh, was on it before and it was prescribed by her primary care physician um, without even doing a vaginal exam at all, which is literally mind-blowing to me, you guys. Um, how I, I'm going to try to not get on my pedestal for <laughs> this uh, episode today, but just the... Uh, there's so many things wrong with healthcare. There are so many things right with healthcare, but there's also so many things that are wrong with healthcare. So um, 
my advice to you right now is that if you are having a conversation with a doctor in general about getting on birth control, that you request to have a vaginal exam done. You request to have a gynecology exam done, a pap smear done, um, because you want to make sure that you are healthy. You want you only get one vagina in your life. You need to take care of her. And there are so many things out there that it, that are working against us. They're not working in our favor when it comes to our vaginal health. Our bodies change. Our bodies change very rapidly and also sometimes in a very, very slow pace. So that's why it's important to get these exams done. And I remember sitting in my gynecologist's office. Which I've had the same gynecologist for years now. And I remember her saying, God, this must have been 10 years ago, saying, well, you know, if you have a regular, if your pap comes back regular, you actually don't have to have a pap smear for another two years. So basically once every three years. And then I sat on that and like, okay, but every time I would go into her office, she would still offer for me to have that pap smear to to just make sure that everything was working correctly and looking good and healthy. Um, And so I'll, I'll share a little bit more on that, but the first, the, well, I feel like I already made a few points, but one of the major things is if you're listening to this episode and you have pushed this appointment off or you've been scared to go to this type of appointment, please, please, please go to your gynecologist regularly, which is typically annually, once a year, all right? Now, here's what I really wanted to start this episode off with, and you're going to guarantee laugh your ass off at this story. So again, backtracking a little bit, I said, in true Rachel fashion, how can I make this experience more enjoyable? (laughs) How can I not uh, dread going into the gynecologist for them to insert a metal instrument into my body with some nasty ass goopy lube? And this happened uh, maybe, gosh, what, three years ago, three or four years ago? It It was either during or after my sex therapy program, so I'd say about three years ago. And I, it was my, my gyno day at that point, I had been with Pure Romance, so I had already started taking my own lubricant to my gynecology appointments, which tip number one, take your own lube. If you have a good solid water-based lube that you enjoy and you, you feel good using and you're using on a regular basis, I would highly encourage you to take your own lube. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Your doctor is not going to be, well, shouldn't be offended by that. And, um... Yeah, it is much better than that goopy-ass surgical lube that they use that you literally feel dripping out of your vagina like days later. Oh, I just, that yeah, that was like number one reason why I hated going to the gynecologist. And so anyways, taking your own lube, that can really help this process. Now, I was thinking, in the world of a sex educator, I know what happens to our bodies and the process that our bodies go through to prepare for sex. And on top of that, I know what happens to our bodies after we reach an orgasm and how open we are and how at ease we are and those nerve endings and those muscle tissues are much much more relaxed. So we're sitting at dinner, me, my husband, my best friend and her husband, and you know, guys are over chatting. And I said to her, Jesse. Have you ever considered masturbating before going to the gynecologist? She's like, no. <laughs> She's like, why? I was like, well, we know that when our body is going through that arousal state, that our cervix is moving back and our vaginal walls are expanding and we are starting to self-lubricate. 
So why would one not engage in that pleasure stimulation before going into their gynecologist's office so then their vagina is more prepared and open and lubricated, if you will? Right? Why? Why not? Why don't we do that? And somebody is listening to this right now thinking, well, gosh, it's a gynecologist. Like they know vaginas. Aren't they going to know if you masturbated right before going into the appointment? They might. Do you think they're going to call you out on that and be like, hey, uh, did you masturbate before you walked in here? Did you you have sex before you walked in here? (laughs) Right? Probably not. They're probably not going to ask you that. Um, So I will say I have my gynecologist appointment coming up this week on the 20th of January. And I will be trying this uh, theory of mine. The last time I went to the gynecologist, like I said, I've been taking my own lubrication. And the last time I went, one thing that I did do that was very helpful was I inserted my water-based lubricant. I inserted it vaginally. So I did one pump to my finger, insert it vaginally before I got in the car to go to my appointment. So that way it had that time on my drive over to set in and absorb into my vaginal walls. And then I still took that same bottle of lubricant with me, handed it to my gynecologist and like as in every time ask her to please use this preferred lubricant of mine. So that definitely helped because that added extra lubrication and that allowed it to absorb into the walls. Another thing that I do that is very helpful, um, I also request, so they have the metal um, instruments and then they also have plastic instruments which the plastic ones I'm going to tell you are much more comfortable than the metal ones they're also not very freaking cold like those metal ones so asking your gynecologist if they do have a plastic one and if you're experiencing I'm going to say like over a level five of pain when this is being inserted you may need for them to use the smaller speculum in your vagina And I am actually one of those people. Um, I don't know what it is with my vagina, but I have, I've had over a level five of pain when that is being inserted. So I request the smaller speculum and I request the plastic speculum. And so definitely it's worth asking the questions, you guys, especially if you're, if you're something that's wanting to make this a more enjoyable experience for you. And um, also maybe pleasurable. Maybe you take my advice and you also try to engage in some masturbation (laughs) and orgasm before walking into your gynecologist's office. Um, Just going to throw it out there. The amount of people that masturbate in the car um, while driving is, is higher than you probably think it is. So no shame in the game. If you live close to your gynecologist, um, quote unquote, rub one out, if you will, before entering into that appointment or heading out to that appointment for the day. Um, One, it's probably going to lower any stress or anxiety that you're feeling about the appointment itself. And then again, it's going to allow your body to go through that phase and again put you at ease open up those that vaginal opening having the cervix set back a little bit the vaginal tenting all of that um, are things in my opinion that I believe are going to make a vaginal exam much more easier all right now if you're wondering what the importance of going to the gynecologist is here it is worldwide about 500,000 new cases and almost 274 deaths are linked to cervical cancer annually. And this is according to the World Health Organization. Annually, you guys, and I've mentioned this before about how the world is against our vaginas. We have to be proactive. We have to advocate for ourselves when it comes to our sexual health. And getting a pap smear or getting an annual exam 
which again, sometimes it's going to include that PAP and sometimes it's not. It's going to depend on your previous PAPs and it's going to depend on if you're someone that still wants to have the PAP smear done, even if your doctor is telling you that it's not medically recommended. You still have the option to have them do the full Pap smear if you wish. Here's the thing, you guys. Over the past 30 years, cervical cancer has gone down largely due to the Pap smear or cervical cancer screening, which examines the cervix. So if you're not sure what a Pap test is or a Pap smear, it's basically the screening exam of the cervix to detect any abnormal cells that could lead to cervical cancer. So pap smear tests may find cellular changes or other changes caused by HPV. And what is HPV? HPV is the human pap papilloma virus. Papilloma virus. Yeah, I said that right. <laughs> um, and it belongs to a family of double-stranded circular DNA viruses that can infect skin or mucous cells. It can affect a variety of cells and tissues, including the cervix, the vagina, penis, and other organs that are in the anal genitalia region. It can also affect the oral cavity, and HPV infection has been linked to oral cancer as well, and it can be transmitted via sexual intercourse or direct contact. Now, of course, we know now that there are many different strains of HPV, and evidence actually shows that approximately 99 to 100% of cervical cancers are caused by strains like HPV 17 or 18, HPV 6 and HPV 11 are associated with genital warts and are rarely developed into cancer. Again, I'm reading this directly. Um, this is coming from the World Health Organization. So this, these are actual facts from a credible source. All right, so now when is that pap smear done? Here we go. So a pap smear may be part of your anal exam or it may be done as part of a problem visit. So during the examination, oh gosh, now I feel like here's where the, the trauma is kicking in because I literally used to hate going to the gynecologist. I would get so anxious. I would sweat. My stomach would be upset. I, I did not like it. And then, of course, then in that moment, you start to tense up, which was, does not help the, the exam in itself. It's better if you can relax. But you know you have to put your feet up into the stirrups. Your, your healthcare professional, they're going to, again, place that speculum, either plastic or metal, into your vagina, and that gives them a better view of your cervix. Then they're going to use a tiny little spatula um, or like this little comb thing, and they will gently, oh gosh, gently scrape the cervix. Like, how can you even use the word scrape gently? But they will gently scrape the cervix to collect cells from the outer part of your cervix as well as cells of your endo cervical canal. I need to read these words properly. All right, then these cells are sent to the laboratory and then they're analyzed. So as I mentioned, these guidelines have changed of when you should get a pap smear and guidelines are always changing. So making sure that again, you're asking these questions, if they're telling you you need one or you're not in you or you don't need one, then asking those questions and those follow-up questions so that you feel more at ease. So they are recommending that a healthcare professional starts doing pap smears at the age of 21. How often and how regularly you receive a pap smear will depend on your age, your medical history, and your gynecology history, and the results of your previous pap smears, as I mentioned earlier. Typically, younger women can get a pap test once every three years, but your provider may switch to only getting an HPV test. 
if you are falling in the range of 30 to 65 years of age, some healthcare professionals will recommend decreasing the intervals between your pap smears to five years, depending on your history. And some women may also choose to discontinue getting pap smears if they've had a series of negative smears after, again, getting this advice from their healthcare professional. But the frequency, again, of the pap smear really depends on the individual. So you should discuss your specific situation with your healthcare team. Sometimes you may require a pap smear more frequently, like if you are immunosuppressive, if you have HIV, or if your mother took a medicine called DES during pregnancy. These things are so important for us to educate ourselves on. All right, now, what if you have an abnormal pap smear? I'm going to tell you, this was me. When I was in my early 20s, I had a pap come back abnormal, and I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> this was before I was a pure romance consultant. This was before I was in the world of, of sexual health or even learning about sexual health. Um, I was, I was let's see, early 20s. So I was, I was early years of college. So I wasn't even, I was still in undergrad. I wasn't even in my social work program at this time. Um, so there is no need to panic, <laughs> unlike me, there's no need to panic if you have a pap come back abnormal. Um, it's actually common to have some minor changes in the cells, and it certainly does not mean that you have cancer. All right, let me say that again. An abnormal pap does not mean that you have cancer. Also, the results may be unclear if the abnormality is related to HPV infection of the cervix or atypical cells of undermined significance. So these changes in the cells, they may be considered mild or minor, which are low-grade. High-grade or precancerous cells are obviously more serious, and then your doctor is going to guide you towards the specific follow-up that is needed. So the next step for an abnormal pap Again, guidelines for managing abnormal pap smears are cons constantly evolving to better detect cervical pathology. So some of these options may include a surveillance and a repeat pap smear. So basically a watch and repeat. You may be asked to return for a repeat test sooner than anticipated to see if any, any of the changes have resolved on their own. Second is going to be an HPV test. So this is an additional test that is often ordered with your original pap smear, and this looks specifically at those high-risk types of HPV that may be development of cervical cancer. Other options are going to be, again, conversations that you want to have with your doctor. They are the, one, they are the experts. They are the ones that are going to guide you because this is going to be different for every person. So making sure that, again, you're acting as an advocate for yourself and you're asking the questions and you're getting the answers that you want. And sometimes we don't get an answer that we want and we need to ask for another opinion if you're in a position where you're able to do that. And then finally, another way to minimize your risk of cervical cancer is to get the HPV vaccine. It is approved for women up to the age of 45 and you can definitely talk to your healthcare provider again to see if you are a candidate. And the bottom line is, y'all, that pap smears save lives. This isn't a, a way for you to detect any sort of cervical cancer risk that might happen over time. And so don't forget to schedule your healthcare visit screening literally today. That is your challenge for me today. I have mine coming up on Wednesday. As I said, I get that postcard. When I'm done with my appointment, they make me fill out a postcard and they file it away so that they send it to me in a month in advance for me to schedule my pap smear. Um, or my exam, if you will, because again, sometimes they don't do a pap smear. 
I, however, have had abnormal screenings come back. And so for my at ease, <laughs> my sanity, I choose for them to do the pap every time I go to the gynecologist. Um, this is a personal choice, but again, I've had abnormal paps come back in the past, and so I want to make sure that I am doing my job to advocate for myself because I know that things can change over time. They always can change over time. And even in my in my visits, I has to do any sort of HIV screenings and STI screens. And they before they ask you this, they ask, do you, have you had a change in any recent in a recent change in sexual partners? My answer is, of course, no. I've only been having sex with the same person for uh, eight years now. Um, however, I know because I've educated myself that there are certain STIs that can show up years later. You never freaking know. So I'm, again, that call me crazy type person. I'm still somebody that opts in to have them screen for any and everything that I'm able to get screened. Look, if you're going to be up in my sacred space, you might as well get what you need to get to make sure that I can live as long as I possibly can and that I can be having some great ass sex for as long as I can. I get one vagina. I'm taking care of her. That is my mentality going into this. So anyways, I thought this was a good week to drop this episode for y'all because again, I have my appointment coming up on Wednesday and I wanted to share those tips of, again, taking, taking your own lube. That is definitely something that you can do, especially if you have a lubricant that you love and works well for you. If you don't like that goopy stuff, um, perhaps engaging in some pleasure practices before going into that appointment so that you are more relaxed, at ease, and things are a little bit more open and comfortable down there for you. Again, asking the questions about the type of speculum that they're using. Do they have a plastic one that maybe might be more comfortable for you? Do they have a smaller one? Letting them know if you're experiencing pain during the insertion and trying your damnness to be calm and relaxed as possible. Um, my gynecologist, I, oh God, I literally can see this so clearly, but they have the tile on the screen over the light that is this beautiful little air balloon, you know, over the with a sky background and stuff, and I just focus on that air balloon, and I literally just imagine myself on the air balloon and how cool it'll be one day when I be I'm able to go on an air balloon and what it would look like when I'm up in the air and I try to literally focus and and create that fantasy create that distraction for myself so that I am not thinking oh my gosh they are literally scraping gently scraping my cervix right now (laughs) again how can you use scrape in a gentle way scratching scratching doesn't even work I don't even know how to say this but they're gathering the cells gather what you need Tell, tell, me I'm, tell me I'm okay. Let me be at ease for the next year until I see you again. Thank you. I will say I'm a little um, nervous to go into my appointment this Wednesday because, <sighs> I say this with a heavy heart, but my gynecologist retired last year. Um, I actually saw her on her last day at work, so I got one more pap in before she left. She's a great gynecologist. And so on Wednesday, I see my new person. And I can only hope that she is as amazing as my previous gynecologist. And that's another thing. If she's not amazing, (laughs) guess what? I will request another doctor next time. One time, let me end on this story. One time, she had an intern with her. And she asked, could the intern perform my exam? 
And I thought, sure, at this time I was working at um, either U of M or VA, I can't remember, but I was working in the healthcare field. And so U of M is a teaching hospital. So I knew, you know, the value of having and allowing this intern to do my gynecology exam. It did not go in my favor. It was terrible. <laughs> um, it was very painful to the point where I actually stopped her and the my normal gynecologist was there and I, I felt so bad, but I could not allow this intern to continue doing my exam. Um, yeah, it was terrible. So let that story, you know, obviously that was a very vulnerable moment for me. Um, literally spread eagle in front of this woman. I had to sit up and be like, uh, no, please stop. Um, and have my regular gynecologist come in and continue the job. Um, and so that was super embarrassing, super vulnerable. But again, that is another example of me advocating for myself, advocating for my sexual health, and speaking up when something doesn't feel right, and definitely if something doesn't feel good. Not that a pap is ever going to really feel good, but it can feel better, and it can feel more comfortable. So... I hope this was helpful for you. Um, I will link the article that I was using for today's episode. Um, it's titled Everything You Wanted to Know About a Pap Smear. And it's helpful. You'll see that the, a lot of what I covered in here is in this article. Um, it was written by Dr. Michael Critchman, K-R-Y-C-H-M-A-N. And yeah, check it out. So until next time. Stay sexy and keep your vaginas healthy. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a thing. And if you loved it so fucking much, be sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see you next week. And until then, keep owning your sexual self.